Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and normally what I do is read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong Will Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. Um, I am also the published author of the book entitled Perfect Illusions of Love, a novel. (laughs) Although I very seldom talk about that novel. Excuse me. For those of you who are unaware, I am a two-time brain surgery survivor. I had surgery on December the 16th of 2011. And then five days later, because the surgeon at the time had gone through the wrong side of my head to try to get the tumor out of my brain. And it caused my brain to swell up. So they needed to allow about five days for the swelling to go down so that they could go through my brain the correct way. So that is how I ended up having two surgeries, one on December the 16th of 2011, the other one on December the 21st, five days later of 2011. However, as of April the 1st of 2017, I received a phone call after having another MRI, excuse me, And that phone call went a little something like this. The tumor has grown back. So, ironically, the date that they gave me this news was on April Fool's Day. It's recognized in the United States. April 1st is recognized as April Fool's Day. But I was no fool and it was no joke. I have another tumor in my brain. So instead of me, for the lack of a better way to put it, allowing that diagnosis to ruin my hopes and dreams, I did the opposite and wrote a fictional based book entitled Perfect Illusions of Love. Excuse me, because my first book, A Strong Will Mind, Killing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry, is based off of real life events where I am extremely transparent in terms of adversity that I have faced and other things that I've gone through as a blueprint that I left and was intended only for the eyes of my children. Excuse me, y'all. I'm struggling this morning like I often do. For those of you that have been listening to me for quite some time, I'm constantly clearing my throat. So I do apologize for the inconvenience, but here, On this episode and on this podcast, we're considered raw, real, and wise. And so although it might be a little distraction for you to hear me clearing my throat, uh, yeah, there are no rehearsals. What you hear is what you get on this here podcast. (laughs) And so when I wrote my second book, the second book was written intentionally um, because I wanted to be able to create an atmosphere where I could be of a different character and show that I have a little bit of sense of humor. Um, it pops in every once in a while. 
And not only that, I, it was just something fun to do. It was a fun project to get to get my mind off of what I truly am still going through. Um, and so if you have followed my episodes for any amount of time, the reason why this episode is now something that is my reality and no longer a fantasy is because I was inspired by a different podcast. And one day after praying and seeking the face of God, um, I heard very clearly, you have run out of excuses. And so I jumped, I jumped and now I am sharing my journey as a divorced single mother of six beautiful children and one beautiful grandson and what dating and courting and what all that looks like for me at age 48. And so it has been interesting to me and for me to say the least. Um, I have learned a lot about myself. I've learned about the trauma. I've been through a lot of trauma. Even while I have been recording these episodes, I have experienced what a lot of people, if they've been paying attention to the episodes, um, would be able to most likely agree that it has not been an easy venture for me. And I don't want to take for granted that anyone knows what the word venture means. So I will go ahead and break that down. If you've never heard any of my episodes, I took it upon myself not too long ago to start providing definitions of certain words instead of assuming that everyone knows exactly where I'm coming from when I'm using those words. So venture is a risky or daring journey or undertaking. Dare to do something or go somewhere that may be dangerous or unpleasant. And trust me, me being completely transparent as often as I have been is not always the most pleasant thing to do, but I do that in hopes of helping someone not make the same mistakes that I've made and to remain relatable. So although you may not agree with some of the decisions that I've made throughout the course of my life, it's okay because on this episode, as well as this podcast, we do agree to disagree and it's all good. It's your business as well as mine. And so some of the synonyms is journey, go, progress, proceed, move, set forth, drift, stray, wander, and rove. And those are some of the synonyms for the word venture. So if you've also listened to any of my episodes, that's something I do a lot, y'all. I wander. I may start on one subject and then I'll wander into another one. <laughs> so you know that this, I'm, I'm being as transparent as I can, that this is really who I am. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just who I am. So yes, I am a two-time brain surgery survivor who currently has a tumor in my brain. And the Dear Future Hubby podcast is something that I aspire to do and now I am doing. Um, and there may be something that I speak that, that I speak about that may touch your heart. There may be some things that I say that may make you laugh out loud, um, but I am doing this to be able to share my truth. So this is the platform that I have selected. Um, some people journal, I do that too. So there are times that I will share my journal inserts so that that way people are aware that my reality, it may be relatable, but at the same time, it's my reality, it's my truth. Um, and so although I've been through a lot and although sometimes I feel like I'm still going through one thing that I have learned is that by my being transparent 
it helps me to heal. And so I may not make 100 when it comes to how I choose the path that I've chosen or how I operate on that path. But at the same time, it's my life. And so there was a song that said, it's, it's my party. I can cry if I want to. Well, this is my life. I can tell it how I want to. <laughs> That's my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. But today, what I just wanted to talk about is how whenever we are trying to discover self, whatever that looks like for you, um, we may hit some roadblocks along the way. And what I mean by that is that let's just say you have a vision. You wrote, you wrote down your vision. You have written your vision down. You have made it so plain. And then there is a detour or then there is a bump in the road or then it just doesn't happen the way that you wanted it to happen. Um, I have a cousin. She is now gone. She has passed away. But I remember after I had survived both brain surgeries, the church that had included me in their corporate prayer for over a year, that pastor asked me if I would return so that his congregation could see that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And I obliged. So let me let you know what it means to oblige. Um, sorry for the delay. So to oblige is, <clears throat> excuse me, is to make someone legally or morally bound to an action or course of action, do as someone asks, asks them to do or desires in order to help or to please them. So I obliged. Um, and synonyms are to do someone a favor, to do someone a, an act of kindness, to serve as someone, to accommodate, to humor, to assist, to help, to indulge. And so I attended that church so that I could share the testimony of what it was that I had gone through in regards to my prepping for the surgery, in regards to the post-surgery and where I was at going forward. And one of the things that I recognized and even spoke of at that time was the fact that, um, Okay, so let me see if I can try to condense this. Um, let me let you know what condense is. So I don't take that for granted as well. So to condense is to make denser or more concentrated, change or cause to change, <clears throat> excuse me, to condense, simplify. That's what we're going to call that. So some of the Synonyms is to liquidize. And for whatever reason, we're just going to leave it at that. Keep it simple. So I'm going to do my best to try to keep this simple. I'm going to give you something that transpired for way over, it took a year for it to come into fruition. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but I'm going to try to make it real simple. So I found out that I had a tumor in my brain. I went through the process of brain surgery 
it took about 18 months from the time that I found out about the tumor to me actually having my first surgery. However, when I found out about the tumor, what I did was I let certain churches and certain people know so that they could pray for me, family members and the like. This particular church, the pastor, after I survived the brain surgeries, wanted me to go back and testify of what I went through so that his congregation could be very much aware that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. That is in scripture. So I went ahead and honored his request and I went to testify about the process of my making up in my mind that I was going to go through having brain surgery with the understanding that I may not survive the surgery and what that process of faith looked like for me. So in the course of me going through that and sharing at one moment, now this is before the book became a reality, the book, A Strong Will Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. This is before it became a reality. But I spoke to the congregation because I heard it so clearly that a book would be birthed out of that experience. Three years later, that came into fruition. So the prophecy, and if you want to know uh, what prophecy means, so prophecy by definition is to say that a specified thing will happen in the future. And it did. So synonyms for that is predict, foretell, forecast, foresee. So although I was speaking in terms of how I survived the surgery, the prayers that I had prayed, thanking the congregation for them also praying, I shared with them the process of what my faith walk looked like, not knowing the end from the beginning and letting them know the conversations that I had and I believed that I had with God directly, what helped to prepare me for the journey of getting prepped for brain surgery and what that looked like for me. And in the course of that, when I stated to them that there would be a book birthed out of the experience that I'd gone through, I didn't really know what that book was going to look like. So to be quite honest with you, in that time when I said it, my imagination had me thinking, and not saying that that cannot come to pass, but my imagination had me thinking that it was going to be an autobiography. I did not realize until after this book was published that it was an autobiography, but it was in poetry form. So it was easier on the eyes. People could read certain inserts, gather whatever it is that they needed to be inspired, and then go on about their day. It wasn't where they were reading true chapters, so to speak. And so um, when I wrote it, though, I thought that I was only writing it for my children as a blueprint for them in case of my demise. So there were, I was only given it, I was only given a part of what was going to transpire. Let's look up transpire. 
Um, but I was only given a part. I wasn't given the whole thing. So when everything came into fruition, it was a blessing to me because I didn't see that that much of what was said. So to transpire is to occur or to happen. Some synonyms are crop up, chance, arise, turn up, befall, take place. So, and I didn't know that it was going to transpire. So fruition, let me just look this up so you'll know. And I'm getting this out of the um, Oxford Languages Dictionary, which is one that I literally read from a lot. Shout out to the writers of the Oxford Languages Dictionary. <laughs> we appreciate you. I do, at least. So fruition, the point at which a plan or project is realized. So it came into fruition. And that was a blessing for me. It says that it's a pleasurable use or possession, um, enjoyment. And that's exactly what took place for me. So some of the synonyms for fruition is materialization, accomplishment, attainment, completion, enjoyment, fulfillment. And so when the book came into fruition, I was blessed just to know that what I had prophesied a few years back was now my reality. What I never foresaw is what the book would, writing the book, what doors it would open up for me. And so I have literally been able to be a blessing to celebrities. And that was never a part of the vision that I had for myself. Not only have I had the opportunity to be blessed by meeting and engaging and sharing this gift with celebrities, but I have been placed on platforms to be able to speak to the masses reading some of my poetry. I've been asked to share some of my poetry for other people that have been on platforms and they have literally written me to ask, can I utilize this poem for this particular situation? And I've been able to provide my permission because you got to ask me in order to utilize my poetry if you didn't know. Okay, so, um, and then also what I've been able to do is to testify in regards to how certain poems that I wrote, when I'm reading them later, what was going on in my world at that time? Why it is that I wrote the poem the way that I wrote the poem. So I've been blessed to be able to do these things based off of me operating in obedience. Fast forward. Now we have the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I never saw that coming. I never saw it coming in terms of me. Now, I've always had a desire. Don't get me wrong. I've always had a desire to be a part of somebody's podcast. I never really thought about having my own. But I've always had a desire of being able to share um, my experiences on a platform. I didn't know that it would come like this. And so while it has manifested in such a way, one of the things that I've been blessed to be able to do is to share my book of poetry as well. Now, I have other books that I have been working on, and I just haven't printed them yet. And I even have an updated version of A Strong Will Mind, Healing Scars Over Time, through my poetry, but it's going to be called something different. 
it is going to be called something different, but it'll be like the second edition. And some of the poetry as time has gone on and, you know, I've been able to edit, I've been able to add to all of that good stuff. So Lord say the same, I pray he does. Eventually that will become my reality as well. So for those of you that keep hearing all these me albums, that is my cat. Her name is Mally. And right now she has her moments where she just wants my undivided attention. And this happens to be one. I've noticed though, she really pines for my attention whenever I'm doing my episodes. So she's just a little spoiled and it's all good. I'm gonna show her love as soon as I'm done with this. But manifest is obvious, clear, plain, apparent, distinct. Um, those are adjectives, I'm sorry. Let me tell you what the actual um, definition of manifest is. Those are um, synonyms. But the definition by definition is clear or obvious to the eye or mind, display or show a quality or feeling by one's acts or appearance to demonstrate. So obvious, clear, plain, that's what manifest is. So I never saw me having a podcast and then reading from my book of poetry on that podcast. That was laid on my heart. And once it was laid on my heart, everything else followed. I just operated in obedience. That's literally all I did. So my being transparent and talking about the tumor in my brain, my being transparent and talking about me having six children. If you've been listening to any of my episodes and one grandchild, love them, love them, love them all. Um, but if you've been listening to any of my episodes, a few of my children have been on my episodes. Um, me talking about my divorce and no, I did not marry one man and have six children by him. Although that is some people's testimony, it's not my testimony. I have four baby daddies and one ex-husband. So that's how that works. So, um, and being able to share that and not being ashamed of my path, not being ashamed of my journey. Um, because a lot of times when we are going through life, especially if we've been brought up in the church. I can only speak for the church folk at this point because I was a person that was brought up in church. And so a lot of times we can feel convicted or we can feel condemned because we did not follow the path, the biblical way. So I was not a virgin when I said I do to my ex-husband. He was not a virgin when he said I do to me. In fact, he was a single father and I was a single mother. And a lot of the ways that we operated had nothing to do with God getting the glory. Although we thought in our own minds and in our own thinking that, oh, God's got his name written all over this because we waited until we said, I do before we became, before we knew each other, before we had relations. So we were under the impression that because we, even though we marry quickly and we took that scripture is better to marry than to burn with passion. We took it. So literally we met each other in one month and 30 days later, we were husband and wife because we did not want to be, we did not want to appear sinful in the eyes of man. But in our making that decision, we made an anxious decision. And according to scripture, it also says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, make your request known unto God. And I might be, doing a little paraphrasing only because I don't have it memorized, but that part I do <laughs> because I've been anxious for so much of my life. So the new international version says, um, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, 
present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let's just see what transcends means. And to have a peace of mind. See, we didn't even wait for the peace. We just knew that we didn't want to sin. Um, and so we, we tried, we tried to do it God's way, not having a full knowledge and understanding of that scripture. So to transcend is to be or go beyond the range or limits of something abstract, typically a conceptual field or division to surpass. So some of the synonyms is to go beyond or rise above. So had we truly taken not part of the scripture, but all of the scripture and taken time out to meditate on that, we would have waited for the peace of God. What we were really more concerned about, and really I, at this point, I can only speak for me. He'd have to come on live for y'all to be able to hear his perspective. But my perspective was I wasn't so concerned about the peace of God or having the peace of God. I was more concerned about having peace with man. Because I had already had four children out of wedlock and I'd already felt condemned in that arena when it came to the church. And so I knew that if I were to say I do, if I were to have any more children, it would not be as frowned upon. Now, the irony is it was still frowned upon because I had already had multiple children. That's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day. However, at that point, with me having additional children, because I was already prejudged and judged by others prior to me having um, the other two, I was already being judged. So it didn't matter if I had four or six. I was <laughs> the same people had already judged me prior. So it didn't matter, married or not married. I'm just saying. So I did all of this to impress people when they weren't impressed at all. That's going to help somebody. But anyway. So I'm sharing that to, to say this, and I'm sharing it to say, I did it based off of what I thought would make me a person who would not be judged as much. And I deceived myself in that way because it didn't stop people from judging me. It just gave them a new layer of how to judge me. Then to make it even, take it even further, I had the audacity to file for divorce. So then that's a whole nother level of judgment. So once I made up in my mind that people pleasing just was not the avenue that I needed to take, I feel like that's when my whole world got better. Not meaning that I was um, exempt. Let's look that up. Because I wasn't exempt from, from trials and tribulations. I still, to this very day, go through them on a daily basis, it feels like. But to be exempt... Um, free from an obligation or liability imposed on others. Yeah, that's not my testimony. <laughs> a synonym, uh, excused, spared, absolved, immune. Yeah, that's not my testimony. I've been going through literally my whole life. I've been judged literally my whole life. And so I think I just finally got to a place where I was like, if, if you're gonna judge me anyway, let me just be transparent. Let me tell you my truth. You can agree or disagree. You can agree to disagree. You can hate the fact that I'm even being so transparent. But let me be that way nevertheless. Um, and I believe I was called to be transparent. I believe that that's one of the things that I have been asked to be, is just to be myself. 
not to try to be like anyone else, not to try to impress anybody else. Just be who I am, authentically me, unapologetically. So that's what you get when you are listening to these episodes. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. It would be nice because, I mean, a lot of what I've been through, like I said, it ain't, it, honey, uh, no, no. I've probably shed more tears in my life than I have smiled. If, if You can kind of imagine that. I, and I'm not talking about tears of joy. <laughs> talking about tears of sorrow. Most likely at this point at 48 years old, I believe I have most likely shared more tears and sorrow than I have of joy. And that's because of the choices that I've made, the people that I've chosen to fellowship with, the people that I've chosen to be in relationship with, the people that I've chosen to call a friend. Um, I believe that I've shed more tears and sorrow than I have of joy. Now, I'm praying and hoping that that season is finally coming to an end. And there's a lot of parts of me that feel that they are because of my transparency, I've been able to create a platform with my children and we've been able to have open dialogue about some of the decisions that I've made that impacted them. And we've been able to work through those things. I have started going to therapy um, and I've started to work on other areas of my life. So by me doing the best that I can to become a better version of myself, I believe that that has contributed to why the tears of joy are now starting to be more or not. Well, it'll take probably, y'all, it'll take a minute. It may or may not. Let me not say that. Let me not put that on myself. It'll, however, God sees fit. But I'm praying that my tears of joy will surpass my tears of sorrow in my lifetime. That is one of my prayers. Because I do, I really do want to be able to, to feel as if my cup is running over behind more joyful occasions than more sorrowful occasions. And so I've been trying to make the conscious effort to make that a reality for me. Um, and my children are contributing to that. My grandchild is contributing to that. If Every single time I lay eyes on that young man and I see that smile and those bright eyes and those big cheeks and, oh my God, his little teeth are coming in. He got two little teeth coming in at the bottom. When I see that beautiful smile, it radiates whatever I got going on. And all of a sudden, nothing else matters, just him. All of a sudden, nothing else matters, just him. And so... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me I get why some grandparents can't stop talking about their grandchild because y'all I have become that grandparent <laughs> I love that little boy and um, for those of you that don't know his name is Amar A-M-A-R I love him I love him I love him but I digress which is easy to do when you become a grandparent however I do hope and pray that my tears of joy will surpass my tears of sorrow. But a lot of what you've heard on my episodes is my being transparent about the journey that I've been on, past and present. And I can only hope for a greater future. So in terms of, y'all, my cat is getting louder and louder and louder and louder and louder. So she has a point that she's trying to prove let me try to, I think she's trying to get into my daughter's room. So let me open this door so she can do just that. 
um, so she can have her way, y'all, because she is, um, yeah, she's doing a whole lot right now, a whole lot. So that was her, yeah, that's what it was. She just wanted to get into her sisters. I mean, well, we say sisters. I know some of y'all like, don't be calling your pattern siblings, your pattern siblings. But yeah, she's trying to get into my daughter's room. So anyhow, um, but to be told, that's how a lot of us, whenever we become pet owners, we look at the pet like that's a part of the family. No, they may not be human, but we look at that pet like, you know, my baby, my my kitten, she is spoiled rotten. And I spoil everybody else rotten too. So yeah, there's that. So don't be so quick to judge people all the time. Their, their pets may be the only form of affection that they get. The only, because it's something about a pet. Like my uncle said, he said, some of us need to be pet owners. <laughs> Maybe then we will know what compassion and empathy looks like, at least once in your life. Care for something and someone that's not you. And just that way, it'll give you another perspective when it comes to taking care of something else, another being. May not necessarily be a human being, but, you know, it gives you an opportunity to have that empathy, that compassion, that love. Um, and, and it causes you to tap into something greater than you. So, yes, I'm with my uncle. I encourage anybody who is not a pet owner or even a pet lover, try it. Get you a goldfish or something. Just try it. Um, or a plant that you could talk to, something where it's not just you, something outside of you, so you can tap into that side of yourself. Um, I've had pets my whole life. My parents made it a point um, to make sure that we owned at least one pet. So I still have memories. Back in the day, we had a dog named Precious. Um, we had a dog named Rocky. So it's like, it helps. Right now, truth be told, I wish I could give my parents a pet. But yeah, my dad is getting older, so I don't know if the patience is going to be there. So anyway, <laughs> and he's my stepfather. My biological father passed away. Um, I don't even know if I shared that with y'all. I may have shared that with you. You'll have to go to the past episodes to see if I did share it with you. Long story short, um, I wanted to develop a relationship with my biological father. I never got an opportunity to do that because a month after I turned age 18, which was the vow that I had made to myself, um, the month after I turned age 18, he passed away. And so for those of you that have heard, do not put off tomorrow what you could do today. That to me is a prime example. Um, I thought I had all the time in the world to formulate a relationship with my biological father and that time never came. And a lot of times we do that. We do that in relationships. We feel as if, okay, well, they know that I'm I'm not gonna be mad at them always. Okay, but what if what if the last communication that you had with them, you were upset and you never made peace with that, and this Lord forbid something happens to them. The last thing that they're gonna remember is you being upset. So one of the reasons why I believe the Bible says don't go to bed angry, and that's with anything, y'all. That's not just your romantic relationships. That's just friendships at all, is because we are not guaranteed tomorrow. I know a lot of times we think that, but we're not. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so try to make peace with people. Try to make, you may, they may never be your best friend again. You may never sup with them or have dinner with them again, but at least try to leave on a note of peace. So that way your conscience is clear and theirs is too. There's a lot of friendships and relationships that I've ended over the course of my lifetime. But if I were to see them on the street, the least I could do is nod my head in acknowledgement 
They may not be my favorite person anymore in this season of my life, but I didn't leave it on such a negative note that if I see them in person, I'm going to be nasty toward them. If you can, try to be at peace with people. You don't have to like the decisions that they've made. You don't have to like if they backstabbed you or betrayed your trust. You don't have to like any of that. You don't have to co-sign for liking that. But at least try to be at peace with that individual. Understand that everybody has their own internal battles that they're dealing with. And it's really not always about us. And that's one thing that I've had to come to terms with in terms of marriage. I desire to remarry, but the reality of it is that's really up to how much time I have on this earth, up to God, all of that. Whoever it is, you know, there's too many factors. (laughs) It's a whole lot of factors. And so, and not only that, I'm now incorporating my children in my decision-making process where I didn't do that the first time that I got married. So now that they're older, I'm paying attention to how they engage with the person that I'm dating. I pay attention to the conversations that are being had in his presence and outside of his presence. Um, I pay attention to all of that. They're older now. They, They are looking at things from a perspective that maybe I haven't even thought about looking at it from. And so I try to take into consideration even my children and their children. And so we may aspire, desire, wish, hope, dream, about a certain income, I mean, income, that too, an outcome, but it's not a guarantee. And I think that's what this whole entire thing is about. I set off to do one thing for my children and God turned it into something global. You may set out to be married to this individual and then something happens. I've heard so many testimonies of people who were either desiring to marry someone and then that they lost that person or he was about to propose and then he lost his life or they went to the church to ask for each other's hand in marriage and because the pastor was judging the fact that they were living together instead of being grateful and rejoicing that they made the decision to be right in the sight of God, the pastor passed judgment on them and said, nope, I'm not marrying y'all. And so they ended up not getting married and he died. So the way that we may want life to be, it doesn't always turn out that way. We can have goals. We can have aspirations. We can have dreams. But that's another reason why ceasing today, I believe, is of the utmost importance is because we're just not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed the next hour. We're not guaranteed the next year. Those things are not guaranteed to us. So what are you going to do today that is going to at least, if anything were to happen, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, that you could at least say, I'm at peace with this decision. I am truly at peace with this decision because a lot of times we don't do that. We don't, we make decisions, but are they really giving us peace? Are the choices that you've made, if you're completely honest with yourself, 
whether it be your relationship, whether it be your career, whether it be your financial status, whether it be the vehicle you purchase, whether it be how you're managing your money, whether it be how you're managing your health, are the choices that you have made so far, so far, <laughs> let me get it out right. <laughs> are the choices that you have made so far, choices that you can truly say give you peace? That's really what I believe today. today's episode was about. Doing what gives us peace. Yes, I aspire to be remarried. But the reality of it is, is that even if God does not agree, can I be okay with where I'm at today? And if the answer is yes, then I will press forward. But if the answer is no, if you are truly asking yourself, am I at peace with the decisions that I made today? And if your answer is no, what are you going to do to change the trajectory of your response? And for those of you that don't know what trajectory is, because honey, a lot of this stuff I've just learned by reading the dictionary. <laughs> so trajectory is the path followed by a projectile. Okay, that's not going to be it. A curve or surface. Nope, that's not going to be it. Yeah, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. To change the trajectory of an object moving under an action or given forces, like a missile. Um, the curve that, a, nope, that's not going it. So, y'all, a familiar example, nope, that's not it either. So, the way that I'm trying to put it, honey, it's not coming out. It ain't, I just don't see it. <laughs> In motion planning, there you go. There you go. So, to change the trajectories, to change the plan, to change the motion. That's what I was trying to get at. So, what are you going to do? to change the direction of your plans. What are you going to do? So that that way, when you ask yourself, are the decisions that I'm making giving me peace, that you can honestly say yes. When I made a decision to have brain surgery, I knew that the possibility of my demise was great. But I was at peace with that decision, which is why I was able to go forward. Whether I live or whether I die, in him, I have my being. I was at peace with that decision. And so I went forward. And by the grace of God, although I had two brain surgeries, he saw fit for me to live. And that's why we now have the Dear Future Hubby podcast. Because he said, you shall live and not die. So to God be all the glory. I'm grateful for an opportunity, another opportunity at life. And even concerning my future hubby, however that may look to him, talking about God, God's will be done. But I'm at peace. If I never say I do again, I've already said I do once. I'm at peace. If I do say I do again, I know what I'm getting myself into. I know what it means to be in a covenant relationship. I know what it means to make sure that I am at peace with God's decision. I know what it means to court someone and not be anxious. I know what it means to wait for God's divine timing and not rush the process. I now know what that looks like, but I didn't back then. 
So I hope that you have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. Um, Again, please do me a a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Please make a decision. And when you make a decision, I hope it's for you. And that is peaceful. It's a peaceful decision. And for those of you that don't know what peace means, let's end on that note. What does peace mean? To have peace is the freedom from disturbance, tranquility. A synonym for that is calm, calmness, silent, stillness, privacy, solitude. Yeah, that's peace. So have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please, please, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Sign it out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you so much for listening.